It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritais and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. And now it's time for two tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard and Josh Elmer. Everybody, it's the Gibby Zone right here on the ref. Hope uh, you're off to a nice Saturday. Obviously, it's been a, a somber week, has it not, in the state of Oklahoma with the passing of Toby Keith, someone who loved the game of golf and uh, obviously heavily involved in uh, the city of Norman's golf, uh, well, golf world, golf life with uh, Belmar. And uh, I guess, I mean, Oklahoma City, the state of Oklahoma. So uh, it's been uh, a somber week in general with Toby Keith uh, passing earlier this week. And, and sad uh, for golf fans, Brian. Josh, you know, uh, it is a tough week. But, but Toby meant so much more to golf than what your common person may understand i mean when he bought belmar years ago he took that course to new heights i mean it was it was a good course to start but he put a lot of money into it and really wanted to make it a uh, an outstanding golf course for families to enjoy and he spent a lot of time out there and then he obviously spent a lot of time up at uh, grand lake the golf course is up there when when he and his friends were up at uh, their their houses at grand lake which he spent a lot of time and then you know, he spent a lot of time down in Cabo playing golf. You know, he has house right on, of course. So, you know, he really loved the game of golf and had lots of friends. He has, you know, obviously his, his big foundation tournament uh, every summer. And so I'm sure that will continue again at Belmar. Uh, big names come in for that. John Daly. You probably saw John post something this week. Uh it was, you know, a real tribute to uh, to Toby, and then obviously you can't, you know, when you start talking Toby and golf, you can't leave out Roger Clemens, right, of baseball fame. Roger and he were great friends, and Roger typically came in for that golf tournament every year, and it's just a, it's a great time, and, you know, the Belmar member guest, right when Toby took over, the probably the first seven, eight years for sure, if your team won the shootout, you, you, you have to win your flight and you win the shootout overall, you got signed Toby Keith guitars. That's pretty nice. So I'm going to brag a little bit. I have one of those. How about and, that? And it's, it's awesome. So I will be uh, figuring out the proper way to display that on the wall now. I don't know the best way to uh, mount a guitar, to mount a guitar, but it definitely will be in the sports basement at the vineyard. I house. love it. Very cool. And not to just start off on a, a somber note, but that is in the state of Oklahoma, the, the news of the week. And again, somebody that uh, loved the game of golf will be reflecting and uh, 
spending a little bit more time getting to know uh, Toby, I guess, a little bit better with someone that uh, works very closely with Toby. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, have the head pro, Jared Lundy, come on here in a little bit at the uh, bottom of the hour and talk about that. He had the, the privilege of working with Toby and for Toby. And, you know, one of the greatest stories I've told a lot of people about Toby is I think they lo- people love Toby because he's approachable. And you said that, you know, before we went on the air. You know, not many superstars of that caliber were approachable or are approachable. And remain approachable. And remain approachable, right? Some start that way, and then and then their star gets too bright, and they're not. Never Toby. I remember the first time I actually really met him, um, he was, you know, I never bothered him when he was out there. And I was on the putting green, and he, he yelled over at me. He goes, hey, you got a game today? And I said, no, no, I'm just, I'm just out here messing around. He goes, you want to come play with us? And I was like. How do you turn down playing golf with Toby Keith? <laughs> yes, I'm yes. in. So, I mean, that's just the type of guy he was, you know, invite. I mean, he didn't even know my name at the time. But uh, he wanted you to come play around with, yeah. with them. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. And, and like uh, like you said, there's not uh, a bunch of superstars probably, right? Uh, not every superstar has taken that approach. Uh, but uh, Toby Keith was not the guy to sit in, in big-time people. And I think that's a great credit to Toby Keith, the uh, outpouring of love and support speaks to just the volume of adoration that uh, really the state of Oklahoma, the world, right? I mean, Toby passing this week, you really, I, I think you knew that, right? But because of the way Toby Keith was here and how approachable he was, the magnitude of the type of star you're talking about at times, maybe to some degree you lost sight of it, but the the overwhelming love and support and reaction to his passing as an American hero, not even as a, a country music star, Brian. Folks talking about an American hero this week was was pretty amazing. Yeah, nobody more patriotic than Toby Keith. You know, if you've ever been to the Belmar fireworks display on 4th of July, it shines there. And the hundreds of trips he took overseas to see our military folks support them play for them you know and that was a big big deal to him you could see it in his in his songs that he wrote just as but more so by his actions he just you know actions speak louder than words as they say and and one of the actions that's going to happen today during bedlam we're going to have red solo cups flowing everywhere at Lloyd Noble. I believe, yeah. if I understood Joe C. correctly, every beverage sold at Lloyd Noble tonight, starting uh, the game starts at 6 for all you that want to go. And I think it's uh, sold out or nearly sold out. Yeah, it's going to be a packed house. There's probably standing room tickets available, I would imagine. Um, red solo cups everywhere, and that is going to be cool. And Toby Keith music and every break and pregame, and, you know, it's awesome. But the other thing about Toby, you know, I can't tell you, Josh, how many times I went out there to grab lunch or something, and he'd be sitting there listening to you guys, our station, on his app all the time. That's that's before he, he fell ill, while he was ill, while he was receiving treatments. You know, he loved listening to Sooner Talk and listen to our station all the time. And to me, crazy. that was that was cool. That That is really cool. And, uh well, that's the the power of the ref, but that's that's pretty amazing that uh, Toby Keith was that dialed in. But he was, I mean, he was, you know, he and Jr. the the ultimate Sooner celebrities, right? That uh, are 
synonymous with Sooner football and being on the sideline and Toby Keith at basketball games and the tribute the other day with his guitar and the the Red Solo Cup there was uh, was pretty cool and it'll be it'll be neat tonight to see that uh, fan response as we transition to the the week that was in the world of golf uh, I've got uh, one take out there from last season that is aging like some uh, spoiled rotten milk, is it not, with Wyndham Clark? Oh, I yeah. told you uh, last spring after he won a major championship, I-, I don't know, Brian, I don't know if this is somebody that is going to stick around in the world of golf and continue winning golf tournaments on a regular basis. I think at the time you pushed back against that and said, I, I don't know, I think he will. Well, lo and behold, Wyndham Clark was the name to watch when it was all said and done at Pebble Beach in the winner's circle last week. Yeah, he was. Um, my question to you is, Is it? are we getting points for that? Is he going to get world golf ranking points? Uh, yes. They, they only played 54 holes. I <laughs> thought that was the criteria. Well, uh, on the PGA Tour, that counts for points. Oh, we have an asterisk is what you're telling me. <laughs> no asterisk. Oh, so just full points, no worries, right? Indeed. No, Wyndham's, Wyndham's a great player, and, you know, there's also the little controversy about, you know, being approached by Liv, being offered by Liv. He says he turned down Liv. Liv says, yeah, we made him an offer, but he asked for twice as much, and we said, no, thank you. So you got that to think about, right? That's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. What, uh, what did you make of what wound up happening at uh, Mayakoba? You know, a lot of the naysayers – uh, about live talk about the golf courses they play well Mayakoba is in fact a golf course the PGA Tour stopped played for uh, many years I believe Abe Anser went there as one of his PGA Tour events you know former Sooner um, it's it's a course I've seen it never played it would love to play it I think it'd be fantastic you know of course that weather right yeah you can't beat that and it was kind of a storybook ending right I believe we talked last week and I think we both thought that Neiman was so far ahead. When well, he we had a talked. twelve under. It was the eventual winning score, and it went to a playoff. But Neiman had the eventual winning score in round one when he was twelve under. Yeah, you know, and so you know, throwing the low number out there, and, it's, and we'll talk about low numbers later because we had a couple of sub sixties on, on Corn Ferry Tour this week as well. Um, but you know, who was my my dark horse? I think I had Mr. Garcia as a dark horse. It's hard to consider him a gar- dark horse, right? But at his age, given his age, right? Well, and the quality of play last year uh, was not great. Was not great. And, you know, as you age in golf, and he's in his mid-40s now, and it's harder to compete. And you saw in the playoff, they were uh, noting that he was some 61 yards behind Mr. Neiman off the tee. That's crazy. I mean, that's... A couple of Walmarts, as we joke about on the golf course. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. So, Joaquin Neiman wins. What uh, What do you make of the victory for Neiman? No, I think it's big for him, right? And, you know, the other underlying story is, you know, you hear lots of folks going, ah, this team stuff, it doesn't mean anything. Well, Legion 13, brand new team with uh, some guy you may have heard of named John Rom wins team title. Right off the bat. And it meant something, right? And everybody's like, oh, his team's no good. You know, Hatton, blah, blah, blah. You know, Surratt. Well, they won the team title. (laughs) In their first event. I guess they're pretty good. And you start looking now at the fields that uh, are out there. Um, And I know the Waste Management Open 
is behind schedule due to weather. It's been cold, much colder than normal. Yeah, they're still trying to catch and up and finish round two. And they've had rain. And there's guys that haven't even teed off for round two yet that have to play all that. So, Are, I, are they, are they going to finish, you think, and uh, be done before Super Bowl Sunday kicks off? Well, you know, they always finish right before the Super Bowl kicks off. It's one of my favorite golf traditions. I, I actually I, think it's great leading into the Super Bowl. It's awesome. For a yeah, golf fan, it's great. Yeah, you know, I, I usually sit down there in the basement. I have a couple TVs, and I'll have the golf on the main TV and the, and the pregame on the other TV. And, and you, you know, it's, it, I think it's a great tradition, but they are going to be in absolute scramble mode. It's going to be tough. To finish because – some of these guys have to play 36 holes, you know, then you've got to make a cut because this is a big field. You know, it's uh, not one of their elevated events, and so I think you see it's probably some of the guys aren't playing in it that normally would have. Uh, one Victor Hovland not playing, right? Yeah, that's disappointing. Uh, but if it's not an elevated event, this is what happens. Which is exactly what we said. Um and I know Victor's really working hard on his game. He spends a lot of time uh, back in Isleworth working on his game in Isleworth, Florida. I had the pleasure of having dinner out there with a good friend of mine last weekend. And, uh, yeah, I said that he's seen Victor out there uh, working on his game. He's putting in the work. Putting in the work. Trying to, to reach the mountaintop. Well, so there you go. Winners from last week, uh, Joaquin Neiman. He did make that Early 12-under hold up and uh, at Pebble Beach, though it was also abbreviated, if uh, we consider 54 abbreviated, Wyndham Clark, uh, a W at uh, Pebble Beach. What does all of it mean? And uh, what about the leaderboard this week? Let's dive into what's going on on, well, Live Golf, that leaderboard looking pretty spicy, pretty spicy here uh, on a Saturday and then, uh, obviously, okay, well, where are we at waste management? We've got some catching up to do in round two. Uh, that is true. They're not finished with that. But uh, what does the board look like right now? We'll share it with you next. It's the Gimme Zone underway on the ref. Back with you, it's the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer alongside Golf Digest panelist Brian Vineyard right here on the ref. So happy to have all of you along with us. To the text line we go right here, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, Slim Brady, he's working hard on those live negotiations. Well, yeah. Right? One Wyndham Clark? Yes. Wyndham Clark, uh, I, you know, I kind of feel like he's still negotiating, right? You think there's a chance that he jumps before this year is over? I don't. Um, now that we're in it, maybe reconvene after the majors and tour championship and whatnot. Yes, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. That the the interesting, unless of course uh, there's uh, what we like to call an offer that you cannot refuse. Well, and the, and there's been a few of those, right? Uh, you know, John Rom. I'm sure there was a lot of negotiations that went back and forth. But uh, how much do you think John Rom is getting paid? I. Six hundred million. Over how many years? I don't know, but it's probably a three to five year deal. That's an, a large chunk of change. I mean, you're not turning that down. Well, and he's playing for four million every week if he wins, right? Yeah. So I mean, you've plus, got the base pay plus winnings. Yeah, and contrary to what people said last year, you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, but the winnings are getting taken out of what they've uh, paid you." That's not the case. 
at least in the contracts that I've been privy to know the details to. Now, Wyndham Clark, of course, not getting a John Rahm deal, but what would you ballpark the ceiling, say, for a Wyndham Clark live deal? Well, the rumor was he was offered $50 million and he counted at 100 That was the rumor. Which, you know. is that fair from Wyndham Clark's camp? Well, I think it's real fair. At this point, you know, he's won one major, right? Young guy. Young guy, but, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I think it is. And, you know, the longer it goes, you know, Liv's not going to pay people as much money unless you're of that top ten ilk and, and you know, a, a John Rom type sure. name. I mean, they've got names now. Yeah. It's it's an established league. Yeah, and and if Victor Hovland says, "Yeah, I think I'm interested," well, he might get six hundred million. <laughs> right now, that's another name you you could uh, shell out for a little bit. You you know the name that's local for us here in Oklahoma that's real interesting because he's going to be playing on live is one former Sooner Anthony. Kim. I'm glad you brought that name up. Uh, I had that in my notes. I didn't know when or where we'd get to it, but since this is happening organically, what do you make of the the rumors and and some of the rumblings there with Anthony Kim? Well, you know, Anthony battles injuries for so long, and and then he also, um, you know, had an insurance policy that paid him, you know. To not play. To not play, essentially. And, you know, at the time, that insurance policy seemed like a lot of money. It probably isn't. He's done fantastically off the course financially is what I've been told. So that insurance policy doesn't mean as much anymore as it may have right when it happened. Um, but just, just with business deals? or Business dealings, yes. That's great. Um, so you always, you always root for our former Sooners and these, these guys to do well after career well and you like to hear a success story where you get a nice sum of money and it turns into a bigger sum of money instead of the opposite yeah we hear that we hear the opposite a lot with with sports figures because you know some choices about what they spend their money on sure you know know, cars homes and things that that may not be the best you know roi as we say but uh you know i am intrigued by anthony kim very intrigued. Will he be able to play at the level he once did? Uh, or has father time kind of set in, and and this is more of a uh, a little bit of a spectacle. So it's going to be interesting. For, for Anthony's sake, I really, really hope he can come back and dial up some of that, that former form that he had. He's, because thir- he's 38 now. He was once one of the best players in the world, and nobody was arguing about that. I mean, there were – People that thought uh, eventually he'd break through and win a major and could maybe be a multiple major champion and uh, won three times on the uh, PGA Tour. Finished third in the 2010 Masters, tied 16th in the 2009 U.S. Open and uh, a top five finish at the Open in 11. So, yeah, that uh, little three-year run right there, he was perceived as one of the up-and-coming guys. Yeah, no, he and and I still think he's got potentially that uh, capability, right? Let's see here. His uh, professional wins the the last April fourth, two thousand ten, at the Shell Houston Open in a uh, in a playoff over Von Taylor. That's uh, that's fourteen years removed. Yes. 14 years is a long time in golf life, right? But 38 is not, you know, 48, 58. 
Well, and he's in relatively good shape. You know, he's not a huge guy that, you know, sometimes these big guys gain a bunch of weight and, you, you know, their bodies go a bit. But, you know, Anthony's not that guy. He's he's in he's in good shape. And, and I don't think he'd put himself out there to be a spectacle, you know, where if he, if he can't – if he doesn't really think he can come out there and play. So my thought is – we might be in for a very, very interesting surprise. Where would this rank if – and the idea of him getting back into major championships, if it's through live golf, I mean, there's really not a pathway. Is there for him to qualify and get in? Not now. Unless there was an exemption made. Well, you know, the U.S. Open, you can always go through qualifiers. You know, the U.S. Open is the, is, is the one tournament that you can go start at regional qualifiers, local qualifiers, and get there. You know, there's spots for that. So you see amateurs in the U.S. Open that have qualified through these, these qualifiers. They can't keep you from doing that. I think, you know, like, like last year with Taylor Gooch, he just didn't feel like that he should have to do that. And I don't sure. blame him. I mean, he was number 30 in the world when they snubbed him, right? Well, and he won uh, how many tournaments last year at Live? Four, yeah. So, yeah, you, you shouldn't have to do that. No, no, no. And so I think that that was probably as much of, yeah, well, then I'm not, I'm not doing this. You know, you, you know. But if uh, just hypothetically, right, is there any chance if he gets to Live Golf and wins, would Augusta National – toss uh, any sort of a parachute would the pga championship or the open championship say yeah we want this guy in our golf tournament well i think you're hitting on a topic that we discussed briefly last week but uh what are these majors going to do because the way the world golf rankings have fallen so fast for these live players are they really going to exclude them unless they're, they're a previous champion and qualify via that route and in terms of stories if Anthony Kim comes back and finds a way to conjure up the ability to win and looks like he can go contend and then gets into a major championship and does, I mean, that's that's one of the greatest golf stories of all time. Well, maybe the greatest comeback story of all time, right? It, it, it's To me, it'd be right up there with Phil winning the major at 51, right? Sure. I mean, nobody thought Phil would even make the cut, right? Let's, be, let's call a spade a spade, right? And this would be, to me – more remarkable than that because you've been gone and out of it for so long well and for a good period of that didn't even play any golf you know not just gone from the tour but didn't even play any golf josh and so so that is the the difficulty so you know anthony kim is uh that interesting story for live but uh you know, one of the other things I think we want to touch on today, Josh, is we have uh, Jared Lundy coming on right after our break here. To and he's hanging on with us now. He's on. Excellent. Uh, Belmar head golf professional. I've got to know Jared very well, and, and he's just a great guy. Um, and let's, uh, let's take a quick break. And and then we'll get to Jared, and here we can ask his thoughts on uh, Anthony Kim too. I mean, what, what oh, type of story you would sure. think? Sure, no, I mean Jared's super dialed into the golf world. So let's hit a quick break, and we'll come back and have Jared Lundy. Back with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the Ref. We're so excited to be joined by Jared Lundy, the head pro at Belmar. Well, it's been, as we said, off the top of the show and many times this week, 
It's been a somber week in the state of Oklahoma with the man you're listening to now, the legend that is Toby Keith, uh, leaving us in this earthly life. And uh, someone that came to know Toby actually uh, worked with him uh, at Belmar, Jared Lundy. We welcome the uh, head pro to the program. Jared, uh, first off, thank you so much for joining us this morning. What has this week been like for you? And I know, uh, obviously, Toby Keith meant a lot to you and, and to Belmar. What's this week been like? Yeah, you bet, guys. <clears throat> Thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, and it's been challenging, as you can imagine. Um, there's no doubt a massive void that that is left behind. And, you know, Toby, Toby was such an amazing man. Um, I was very fortunate, you know, over the last couple of years to get to have some really fun conversations with him, spend some time around him. And, you know, um, yeah, he'll be missed like, like you can't imagine. Well, hey, Jared, uh, thank you again. I know today's, what, your daughter's birthday, right? It is. My little girl turns four, so I'm actually on a donut run right now. we got to get some pink donuts. <laughs> happy pink birthday. donuts. Yeah, happy birthday. Um, so before this, we were talking a little bit about uh, Anthony Kim. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think he, you think he can really come back and be competitive? I mean, or, or is this a little bit of a show? Well, I mean, I would rewind it and say uh, I had the, uh, <clears throat> I guess, the blessing of hitting some balls, spending a little time with him on the range one time, and, uh, man, that dude stripes it, like, unbelievably well. So I would assume that Anthony can still play. Um, I don't know, <clears throat> you know, like like I heard you guys kind of talking and mention, you know, I know he's done really well outside of the game of golf and you know it's a chunk of money i don't know if he wants to go out there and just make a spectacle of it so i would think that if he was gonna kind of pull that you know rip that band-aid off and get back to competing that he's gonna spend some time getting ready because i can't imagine being the competitor he is that he's gonna go out there and just you know risk just laying an egg in front of everybody yeah if you're financially set and it's not about money then it's got to be about something else which is proving that you can go be uh, competitive again. I said a little bit ago, Jared, that to me, this would be one of the greatest golf stories of all time. If he comes back and wins and is competitive, and if for some way, shape, or form, he gets into a major championship and contends there, if this comes to fruition, where would this rank in your mind in terms of golf stories? Well, I mean, obviously, I would love to see it because, you know, sooner born, sooner bred, you know, close to the heart type of deal. Um, you know, I think uh, AK, I don't know off the top of my head, but I, he and I are about the same age. I think he's a little bit younger than me, so he's probably close to 40, still probably in his 30s. But, um, you know, that's a lot of runway still for a guy like him. He was a really good athlete, and I think it would be awesome to see him come back and do it. Um, you know, I, I kind of wonder if he's been away long enough that if he's, if that kind of gets that motor going and it gives him something to go for. You know, I mean, he's won a lot, has plenty of money, like you said. So, I mean – I think it'd be fantastic if he came out and gave it a shot, regardless of how that works out. I'd love to see it for sure. Yeah, you know the, the old saying is sometimes you don't know how much you miss something until until you don't have it anymore. And he's been at a point where he hasn't had it for a long time, and and that may just really restart that fire. And I think you know it, you know it'd be a great great story. And you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what are your thoughts about the live and PGA and the ability to maybe coexist at some point in the future? You know, um, 
a quick backstory. So if I give vague answers, everybody can understand. Um, as an officer in our section, the PGA of America, I have to be a little careful kind of how deep I get in the weeds on this stuff. Sure. Um, but I mean, I guess honestly, what I would say is I just want golf to be as healthy as it can be, whatever that looks like, you know, on my end of it, it's growing the game. It's, it's making sure that my kiddos, have a chance to play this game and it's accessible to them and I want them to want to sit down and watch golf and you know I've, I've watched a little of live stuff I mean, it's fun I mean it's different but it's like so is the waste management you know and people love that and if side note plug that if you've never been out there you definitely got to do that um, but I, I just want to you know I'd love to see it you know kind of come together and kind of everybody kind of work out the kinks I mean no one wants to just watch this back and forth nonsense and you know, I get both sides. I really do. Um, and I, I, I like the history and tradition, you know, of how golf was. But, you know, you got to make sure that it's ready for the future. And if some of these kids, you know, we had the discussion around the club, you know, guys, you know, we're, we're allowing hoodies now. Well, three years ago, you couldn't wear a hoodie out there. Well, yeah, dude, but these are younger guys, and, and they want to spend time doing fun stuff. And if they want to play in shorts or play music or use rangefinders, like, let's just make – make golf more fun I, I the rollback deal has me a little bit um i guess a little bit upset i don't like the idea of making golf less exciting and no one if i'm honest goes to watch a golf tournament to watch how well they hit a seven iron they want to see them bomb it off the tee so you know that'd be kind of my take well i i think you're right it's uh the old chicks dig the long ball right i mean we we want to be no we want to be wowed and and i think that's great you apply some of that in, in the thinking at Belmar of, hey, let's let's make this as accessible as we can. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a little different, you know, when you're in a fully private club. I mean, you can't be, you know, like open to everybody like you can be at like a public facility, which I've worked both, um, and, and I love both sides of it. Um, but But as far as Belmar itself, you know, I mean, there's no doubt that, that Toby's fingerprints are all over that place. You know, the vibe out there, you know, it's your private club, but it's laid back. It's fun. You know, I think that, that our membership, that's, that's one of the big draws, you know, my, between that and my superintendent's just a rock star. Jeremy Biswell is our superintendent and I'd put him up against anyone in the country, man. That golf course is dialed in spot on day in and day out. So we have the ability to take, you know, just unique conditions that are just, hard to find anywhere else you go and and would rival anywhere else you're going to go and then combine that with like a fun laid back atmosphere and and we try to create and help kind of steward that you know through the golf shop you know i i don't know um then he could probably speak to it a little more but before i got there it, it was a it's probably a little bit more uh, dialed back and you know, we've introduced some just apparel lines and some logo stuff you know um that that has kind of hopefully sparked that and made it a a fun place for people to, you know, be more often than they might have been before. I don't know. And then also want to wear that stuff around and, and show everybody, you know, show it off and advertise it a little bit. Yeah, Jared. You know, the, my only disappointment is you talked about these hoodies. I haven't found one in there for a fat old guy. You know, they, 
you know, that looks good, you know. So I, I don't hey. know. We're gonna have to pick that up a little bit. No, you've done a fantastic job out there. We, you know, we, we you've added a little bit of structure, but yet we keep it really fun out there. And and I, I've explained to people, and you found this out since you've been there. The vibe at Belmar is it's not a country club; it's a golf club, right? And it's where people go to enjoy it with their families and. And I think that's so important. But uh, you referenced the Phoenix Open, and I think I've got to ask this: You've clearly been right, and have you been? Have you been in on sixteen? Oh yeah, no doubt. I I actually took my uh, my uh, my oldest, my son, was still in a stroller when we went to sixteen. So that was just a journey in and of itself. But uh, yeah, he might have he might have got splashed with a beer or two at the age of about three. Well, I'll just say first beer shower, you know, at three. I guess, I guess you're 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 washed in the uh, barley early, but you, you know, you referenced uh, Jeremy Biswell, and we were talking earlier, I think, before you called in about you know Toby and his family have put a lot of money into that course to make it really what it is. But none of that's possible without Biz and what he does, and and I I will second you. I'll put Biz up against anybody, and I'm no golf course superintendent aficionado but just as a panelist that plays a lot of golf courses I can tell you that you won't find many greens better than what Belmar has yeah no doubt he's he's a rock star man I mean it's just it's one of those deals where I tell people like the proof's in the pudding and and you know in central Oklahoma you know you're limited a little bit with just kind of the the topography and kind of the canvas that you have to play with um, but you, you play the hand you're dealt and man, I'll tell you what, that place. And even before I got there, I mean, that's a known fact. Like that dude, that dude day in and day out, I don't know anyone who does it better, works harder. I mean, and, and, you know, I know he's had a super rough week too, cause he was super close, you know, obviously with Toby and is very close to family there and has done a lot, you know, in, in his role and outside of his role since he's been there. So. It's just so hard for so many people this week. Uh, talking with Jared Lundy, the head pro at Belmore, right here uh, in Norman. As you think about major championship season is right around the corner, not too far away, right? Uh, those big events. We had John Rahm win the Masters, Brooks Kepka at the PGA, Wyndham Clark in the U.S. Open, and then I guess, well, if you want to say Wyndham Clark was a surprise last year, sure. Brian Harmon definitely a surprise at the Open Championship what uh, what stories do you want to see in 2024? What are you rooting for as a fan? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean wholeheartedly into my fandom and tell you I need to see I need to see the goat hang another major and another win on the board. I need to see Tiger come out and I'm I am fired up about Riv. Um, my my golf geekness is kicking in. I want to see this clothing line. I want to see I want to see what we got rolling, man. No one. Well, I want to say move is a needle. He is the needle. At the end of the day, they can say what they want. That That is the show. That's the greatest show on turf right there. Um, but outside of that, you know, I kind of – it was. I think it was interesting watching the blend. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, as a PGA member, you know, everybody kind of asked, well, what do you think about a live guy winning your event? And I'm like, guys, I, you know, it's not really about that. Like our, our journey as, as the PGA of America is really put the best players out there and give them a tough test and give the fans the best experience. You know, it's, it's not about a lot of that stuff that gets brought into maybe some of the other tournaments. I can't wait for the Masters. I mean, I think that's everybody's, you know, ring the bell for the start of golf season. So, 
you know, I don't know. All in all, I'm ready for some good weather and, and it to get going, but I would probably sell out to uh, – I want to I see Tiger win, man. Okay, now you've opened up a whole can of worms here. You know, I <laughs> Tiger is the needle. I'm not going to 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 uh, push any other narrative. I'm not a huge Tiger fan. I'm I'm old, <laughs> as you know, and so I'm more of a Nicholas guy. Um, can Tiger really still win? I mean, I mean, and and I'm talking a major. I mean, because he could care less about winning any other event. Can he win a major? Man, I would never say he can't when it comes to Augusta. Um, the hook on Tiger is going to be, you know, having that fusion surgery with his ankle. Um, and I think, you know, there are a lot of people. I remember John Daly, you know, we were working the PGA Championship in 22, and I was actually fortunate enough. I uh, I was I had all-access passes, and I got to be inside the rope for all of Tiger's rounds. Um, and John said, you know, like, if he wasn't so stubborn and would just apply for a cart, like, dude, he can beat anybody in the world still. It's not his golf game. It's he can't walk. And – and I would say that that's very true from what I saw. I mean, the guy hits it as well as anybody out there for sure, still stripes it and can play the game. But whether or not he can get around physically, um, I think is really the, the bigger challenge. I don't know that, that from a golf game standpoint, he can definitely still win one. But I would say between that, I mean, it's going to be a venue-specific thing, I think, going forward. And, I, you know, he'll always have that shot at Augusta as long as, as long as it's not wet and cold. I think cold's going to be hard on him, which – you know, the British Open would always be another one. He was always really good with Lynx golf, and, you know, you can play a lot longer. I think Tom Watson proved that. Like, you know, you get the run out on those baked-out golf courses, you can play way longer into your years. But if it's cold, man, I just – I don't think he can do it if it gets cold. Well, that will be a fascinating star- story, as it always is, with Tiger Woods to to follow what that, that comeback looks like. Jared, we'll be catching up, I'm sure, as the year goes along. Uh, last question as we get you out of here, the head pro at Belmar. What's going on at Belmar? What what can folks look forward to this spring? Man, um, I mean, we've got as 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 Vinny would confirm, we got a we got a busy golf schedule. Um, you know, I, I it's, it's been a little wild, obviously, with people you know calling in wanting to you know request some different you know merchandise items. Haven't seen Toby, you know, um, faithfully rock the Belmar gear. Um, but, you know, it's exciting. Um, we're ready to get started. You know, our membership roster is jam-packed. I mean, we don't have much room left, if any. Um, you know, and I think it'll be exciting. It's going to be it's gonna be different, no doubt. Um, but we'll do everything we can to, to honor Toby and Tricia and the family and just keep that thing humming along and, and, and do what we do, provide a great arena to have a great experience out there for, uh, for all our members and guests throughout the year. Well, one cool note, uh, and I don't know, Jared, if it was your idea or what, but they put Toby's cart on the back of the first tee box the other day with his clubs and and his his personal cart. It, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, we got to give we got to give Big Dog a a good view up there. He's got a better one from heaven, but but down here we'll uh, we'll give him the best view at Belmar up there on that on that post on the on the back of one, and um, you know I. There's a there's a lot of a lot of questions about you know what are we gonna do and this and that and like I've told everybody man when it's time we'll let you know we don't you know there's not anything definitive but but I thought Biz and I were talking we thought it'd be cool to uh, give a nod to the boss man and 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 post his post his buggy up there with his golf clubs for everybody to kind of take a look at and kind of be able to give him a nod as they begin the round and finish the round there at Belmar. That's fantastic. Yeah, we knew uh, obviously uh, you guys would 
tribute in uh, the classiest way possible. But uh, just a tough week. Thanks for sharing a little bit of perspective on it, Jared, and obviously joining us to talk everything in the world of golf, and we'll do it again soon. Hey, you thanks, bet. Jared. Thank you, guys. You bet. See ya. Jared Lundy, the head pro from Belmar Golf Club. Okay, let's take a final timeout. Hour number one, come back, put a bow tie on this first hour. It's the Gimme Zone on the Rav. Back with you, close it up. Hour number one, it is the Gimme Zone right here on the Rav. We were just watching during the break the replay here, what they've played from the Waste Management Phoenix Open so far. And our man, Mr. Goderup, He's, uh, he's piping it down the uh, fairways, it looks like. Or at least long off the tee. He's leading the field. Yeah, I think he's. I, I think that's even more than just this week. I think he's 320 off the tee in average driving distance. and uh, you know On the tour right now. On tour, yeah. yeah that's so, fantastic. And, you know, and he's obviously a rookie on tour. Got his card. And, you know, Coach Hibble was talking about last week. But, you know, it, being that long gives you a huge advantage because – you, you know, you don't always have to hit driver off some of the tighter holes. You're long enough with three-wood or hybrid where some of these other guys still have to hit driver. And I think you saw that come into play in the playoff last week at Mayakoba is the difference between Joaquin Neiman and, and Sergio. And when, you know, you're 50, 60 yards back and you're hitting four maybe five more clubs in you got to be so much more precise it's... yeah the, the the you know you're a lot more likely to miss the green with a five iron than a pitching wedge right yeah yeah i mean it's just a total difference maker and uh length is powerful well uh we'll update the leaderboards for you as we go they're still trying to catch up on round two over at the waste management phoenix open the uh Leaderboard looks like this. Novak and Nick Taylor up top. Maverick McNeely, couple of strokes behind. And then the big name, right? The man that's won this event two times in a row, Scotty Scheffler, four shots off the lead. We've got uh, Kelsey Klein joining us next. Uh, what, what do we expect to hear from Kelsey? Well, he's in Vegas, you know, at the live event. And uh, Kelsey's really dialed in uh, there as he's uh, Taylor Gooch's executive director of his foundation and manager. So, you know, we'll hear a lot about that. You know, the live event, can you imagine being in Vegas with the conventions they have already, the Super Bowl, the live event? A great week to be in Vegas. I mean, good luck getting a cab, right? Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's uh, that's it for hour number one. Let's welcome Kelsey Klein to the program next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the Raf. And we welcome to the Gimme Zone our friend of the show who happens to be at the Live event in Las Vegas. We have Kelsey Klein, who is the executive director of the Taylor Gooch Foundation. How's it going out there, Kelsey? Hey, it's going good. Um, I don't know that I've been out here when it's this chilly, but what you know is when you watch golf and it's 105, I got to tell you, I'll take 50 and a little bit chilly with two layers on over 105 any day. So that part of it's been actually really nice. And uh, obviously the town is a buzz and packed with Super Bowl week, live golf week, roofing convention, data convention, UFC fight, and I believe Chinese New Year starts on Saturday. So it's uh it's popping out here. Yeah, traffic. I bet's beautiful. Um, let's let's dive right into the to the live event this week. 
tell, tell our viewers a little bit about Las Vegas Country Club because I'm sure most of our viewers that play golf in Las Vegas haven't had the opportunity to play there. And tell us about maybe how it's set up. The scores look to be good, and then we'll kind of talk about the leaderboard in a minute. Yeah, the golf course, interesting for anybody who's ever been out here. It's just on the east side of the west gate, which is on the north end of the strip, a little bit north of the wind. And so you're talking, if you walk the straight line, I'm going to say, you know, maybe 0.2 miles off the strip, um, the piece of property. I, I told a guy today I couldn't imagine what it would be worth, but there's houses and condos all around it. So um, the golf course is old school. They're landlocked as far as distance. And, you know, a lot of the golf courses with the pro events, they pushed the they pushed the tees back and do some of that stuff, but they weren't able to do that here because the land is just, it's landlocked with, with houses all around it. Now they did change two par fives into par fours, uh, which they normally do with live. Normally it's one, but they did two here. So it's par 70. So golf course is in really good shape. They did have rain this week. So there's a, a couple of, uh, you know, there's some, there's some spots that are a little bit soggy. And I believe yesterday they played it up in the fairway and I honestly didn't notice that today. Um, and so I think maybe the temperatures are keeping the scores down a little bit, but um, I probably thought 18 to 20 under might win. It still might get there. I think there's a couple of guys tied at 11, but a fun golf course. Obviously, you know, in the pro events, you see a lot of threes and fours off the edges of the greens, which is how they have to protect or, or make the golf course a little bit harder. And I think they've done a nice job with that. But the golf course overall is in really good shape. Yeah, watching the broadcast today, it looked like it was in, in really good shape. And, and uh, wow, the leaderboard stacks up great for tomorrow for coverage. I mean, you, you, you've got, uh, you know, John Rahm, uh, who went low today. Bryson DeChambeau threw a 62 out there today. And I think Kepka also threw uh, a low number out there today. And then, you know, your guy Taylor Gooch is lurking right there just a few shots back. So what do you tell me what you think about the leaderboard? I think for viewers, it's it's just going to be great. I, I agree with that. You know, the golf course is one. I've told a buddy of mine that's been walking with me for two days. Um, it's a type of golf course that I would think that it would go down the wire unless somebody's putter gets Cam Smith hot, we'll call it. And everyone who pays attention to golf knows what that means. And that obviously hasn't happened quite yet. You know, nobody shot seven and seven to be 14 or something like that, which I thought may happen. Uh, and I think that's due to obviously they have the pins. You know, the pins are good. They're they're fair, but they're, you know, three and four off edges. And so I think both sides of the team and the individual competition will probably come down to the wire, which is always fun. Yeah. It, it'll be hard uh, for anybody to match that final group. Because I think the final pairings are set. You'll have DJ Bryson and John Rahm. And – you know, like you said, with with Taylor, I think just three back. Do you think there's a 60 out there tomorrow to be had? Yes. Um, obviously, to shoot 60, the putter has to be more than warm. But obviously, these guys are world class, just like, you know, what did we see two days ago, 57 on the, on the Corn Ferry Tour. So, I'm not – I don't imagine his putter was cold. <laughs> and so – you know, it's a little bit tougher to say 60 because two of the par fives are gone, and we know what that means as far as scoring. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen a seven or eight under. Is that right, 62? Yeah. Yeah, we've it, had uh, a 62 today for sure. Yeah, it's eight under. I mean, normally on the money day, you know, it's not the lowest rounds of the of the week. 
but just because it just the way it goes with golf. I don't know if it's pressure or it's just the way it goes. Maybe the course dries out more, but the money day, which it, I call it's going to be Saturday, normally Sunday. But uh, if someone shoots 60, I would imagine they would probably win unless they're coming from way back and hats off to them. Yeah, it seems like the live tours off to a great start this year. You had a fantastic finish at Mayakoba. Uh, Mayakoba is obviously a, a really, really good course. Uh, the PGA Tour used to have a stop there. You know, that goes into a four-hole playoff where they're playing the, the last hole, essentially by the light of the scoreboard, and Sergio gets edged out by, by Mr. Neiman. It seems, though, after that round, that, you know, they do care about who wins the team title, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's so new, even still, a, you know, this is the third year. And a lot of people honestly don't know about the team stuff yet. Now, at the event, they do a great job with the marketing and the advertising and display and merchandise with the team side. But, you know, it's a lot of fun. And I don't know, uh, Vinny, we haven't talked about this. You probably noticed that this year they changed it where in the final round, all four scores count, not just three count four. So everything counts. Last week, it wasn't a big, um, you know, nothing major, major happened for, for the Legion 13 to win. But I'm going to imagine coming up in a, in a tournament or two this year, you're going to have somebody come from way behind because all four scores will count or somebody that might be way ahead. You know, somebody lays an egg and shoots an 80 or 77 and, and they fall way back. So, um, you know, for anybody listening that hasn't seen that rule change, so it's the first two rounds, three scores count out of the four. And then – uh, all four scores count the final round. And yesterday I noticed that uh, Peter Uline, who's obviously playing great, I believe it was Peter's, his four under didn't count yesterday, if you can believe that. That's pretty good playing there. Um, you know, also today it was good to see uh, Matthew Wolf, you know, played at Oklahoma State, have a very, had a good day uh, yesterday and a, and a solid day today. So he's still hanging in there. What do you think about Wolfie? You know, I've gotten to know Matt a little bit over the last couple of years, and uh, I want this to come out right as far as the the golf talent is. Uh, I got to tell you, he can hit shots that maybe one or two other guys that I've seen around can hit. And, and Vinny, you play enough golf to know what that means. He's a very nice young man. Uh, you know, probably still finding his 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 way or his path. You know, with the team situation and, and maybe you know dealing with success and fame and fortune and some of those things, but. You know, I've told a couple of guys, I kind of feel like he's the ultimate feel-good, play-good guy, and I know he's on a, on a on a great team with some fun-loving guys. Uh, Thomas Peters being one of those guys, a very, very nice guy, and I think he's playing really well as well. Um, so for, for Wolfie, I mean, if he if he's in a good mood and gets going, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't bet against him. Yeah, he can put up a stupid low number, Kenny. You know, uh, on another note, you referenced a couple of changes – uh, this year, we obviously had the, the the change for the final round, which I think is excellent. But talk a little bit about your guy Taylor and some changes he's had. He's had, you know, I'd say a life change in addition to his family, and then a team change. Walk us, walk everybody through the team change and who his new team is. And sure. So well, I'll start first with the most important part is he uh, his second child arrived uh, late January, a uh, healthy baby boy, and so obviously we all. You know, anybody with kids understands what responsibility and what new emotion all that brings. And, you know, he didn't didn't travel about a month prior to 
the baby being born, obviously to be there in case something happened or the baby came early. So he, he didn't, he wasn't able to travel where it was warm because as anybody in Oklahoma knows, you know, the first three or four weeks of January were uh, less than ideal, we'll call it. And so yep. honestly, on the golf side, he didn't get a lot of work in on the golf side um, because of the new child and the weather. And I knew last week he'd probably be a little bit rusty. And uh, I, I think he told me once the tournament was over, he made a little something out of nothing, finishing T15 and four under. But he's been put some extra time here on the range uh, before and after the rounds with Boyd Summerhays, his swing coach, and, and a good buddy of mine since college golf. Um, a lot of the listeners probably know of Boyd for, for both a player and a coach now and his kids. But, uh, you know, Taylor's he's finding some – some better form this week you know the first two rounds there's been a bogey each round and as you know i don't want to call it ho-hum because you know 66 66 anytime is is obviously really good um but if the putter can get a little bit warm tomorrow i mean i think he'll have a chance to win and so you know if it doesn't come tomorrow i, I know he's going to put the work in uh despite obviously the last couple of years being such a life-changing and career-changing situation as far as as wins and money and and those kinds of things but he uh he told a guy the other night at dinner that you know can't stop now gonna keep going so i wouldn't be surprised to see him play really well tomorrow and then about three weeks off and, and over to Jeddah, and i believe singapore uh, i may have messed that up but so so some travel and, and he's obviously played well overseas and you know dealing with the family side of things you know as a as an athlete and obviously a golfer that travels He's going to miss some things, and so there will be some times where he's not be able to be able to be at every, you know, recital or, or basketball game or, or what have you. But, you know, the sacrifice um, that, that they put in is worth it long term for the family, and, and that's just part of it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so happy for Taylor and, and his wife, and, and it's always great to bring a new one in. Talk, Walk us through team change. You know, obviously there were several uh, – moves in the off season uh with Liv walk us through that at least from Taylor's perspective yeah so for him obviously he went from the range coach to smash which Brooks is the is the team captain um and I think for Taylor you know for all the right reasons it was it was a good move for him um Brooks is obviously 30 I think Brooks is 33 or 4 um kind of a similar mindset to Taylor as far as as how to conduct things on and off the golf course and um, I don't think it was a color thing we love the pink and we love the blue but I've had to kind of retool the wardrobe and some of my swag stuff but that that's been okay so I think long term the, the smash situation will probably stick for a long time um, I know the league obviously it's it's ever evolving and changing and bringing on new players and those things but uh, he seems to be really happy with where we're at I'm a fan of blue so I'm I'm, I'm happy as well with it being one of the main colors and uh, meet some of the, the new guys. We did a foundation fundraiser out here last night at Top Golf. We partnered with the HB3 Foundation, which is obviously Harold Barner's foundation, uh, and Mark Leishman, his Begin Again Foundation. Um, and we did a kind of a three-way partnership in Top Golf and had about 100 people out for some food and fun and, and explained what the foundations do, hit some golf balls, and, you know, gave away a bunch of swag and, uh, you know, that side of things was obviously great to do. His teammate, Jason Kokrak, showed up and was very supportive and, you know, meet some new guys. Everybody knows Graham McDowell is the ultimate professional um, and, and a class guy and, and been a great player for the last probably, what, 15 years, 20 years? Long time. 
And then obviously Brooks, his record speaks for itself, a pretty intense guy. And uh, I think he'll push Taylor to, to continue to work and, and challenge him, you know, in their own way, both on and off the golf course. And I think it's going to be a great fit for the, for the smash team. Well, you know, really excited about that, uh, Kelsey. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be part of that uh, uh, foundation golf event last summer. And I was really struck by how supportive the other live players were of his foundation tournament, not just in showing up to play, but also uh, putting their real money into the foundation. I could not have been more impressed with several of those individuals, you know, because, you know, we see them on the golf course, but when you see them, that sediment really humanizes all of them. You bet. You bet. These guys, you know, out here with live being smaller fields and a little bit, um, you know, kind of the, kind of the upstart of the new thing. I think a lot of the guys are a little bit closer or more tight or more supportive because of what they've all been through or, you know, some more than others. And, and obviously that's turned out to be a positive, you know, something that was pretty tough turned out to be a real positive. And so we're fortunate for that. Well, it's probably captain obvious here, but you know, that for, for live, give us your thoughts on what the addition of, of John Rahm means. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's fairly obvious. He's one of the world's best two or three players. Sure. Walk us through how that goes. You know, it's interesting. I, I had a friend text me the other day after his team Legion 13 won last week in Mexico. And um, I didn't watch the golf channel that evening, but he said, Hey, it's funny how the golf channel is now in love with Liv. And and I honestly haven't watched it enough to understand that, but I'm going to guess the fact that John Rahm's team won and the player that he is that kind of crosses all the boundaries of, of worldwide golf and fame and all those things. John's a needle mover. He's, like you said, argu- arguably top one, two or three in the world. Uh, still, I believe, in his, in his 20s, late 20s. And, you know, him coming on, you know, save maybe one or two other players couldn't have been a bigger, you know, needle mover within live. And I think it's going to motivate the guys on live to go, man, John Rahm's here. I've got to play better. I've got to work harder. I've got to push myself or he's going to run him over. You know, he's not the kind of guy that's going to take anything lightly. He knows what the schedule is going to be with his majors because he's in every major for the next five years um, and his 14 live events and maybe a couple other in there overseas. But, you know, I'm going to imagine John's going to be on his game those 14 weeks. So all the guys I hear know that, Hey, if he's going to be on his game, I better stay with it. So I think that's a positive across the board for everybody on live to be challenged and to work harder, which obviously in the end produces a better golf product and better results and better for TV and all those things. So um, hats off to live for acquiring John and, and for whatever the reasons were that John came over, you know, good for him. No, I think it's a great ad. Well, Kelsey, thank you for your time. We won't take up any more of your time. We know Vegas is calling, as they say. And on behalf of uh, Josh and myself on the Gimme Zone, please give Taylor our best. And uh, uh, we're pulling for him tomorrow to put that 60 up there and hoist that trophy at the end. Hey, man, I appreciate it. And anytime, I appreciate you having me on. Back with you, it is the Gimme Zone. Thank you again to Kelsey Klein for joining us this morning. We welcome in a gentleman where he and his program, the Timberwolves, they've been rolling as of late. Coach Mike Kappenberger takes over the Norman North Boys Golf Program, and we welcome, is it Coach K, Coach Calf? Uh, what is it? <laughs> it's it's usually just Coach Calf. 
That's that's we we keep it as succinct as possible. Coach K's already taken, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I have a lot of work to do to deserve that one. Well, who knows? Maybe it starts this year. Coach uh, Kaffenberger, Coach Kaff joins us. Coach, uh, obviously, uh, first time going through leading this thing. H- how is the transition for you to head coach? Uh, it's been a lot. Uh, as you know, prior Coach Rayner did a phenomenal job. Uh, so there's tremendous shoes to fill there. Uh, I don't. I don't believe there's a lot of local expectation. You know, uh, I think they they understand we've we've got the horses, and now it's just time for the coaches to kind of step up and continue what Ryan built uh, in in our program, and that's what Jr. and I are really trying to do. You know, Ryan's obviously very detail oriented, <laughs> as you said without saying, and, and so and, and actually, Coach Gross is too. You know, at at, yeah. at Norman, so and you guys do a lot together, so. Talk, let's talk a little bit about your team, and uh, then we'll get into some events that, that we're going to highlight this year. Okay. Yeah, uh, the team looks fantastic. I think um, last year, you know, was – I don't want to call it a down year. We, we still had the, the players. We had the talent. We had the ability. Um, and I think after we ended state, uh, we came in a really respectable third place, but – I don't believe that the showing was indicative of where we were talent-wise. And flat out, you know, shout out to Norman High golf team for winning uh, the state championship last year. They worked so hard, and I think it was really good for our guys to see that. And uh, on the 18th green, you know, they kind of saw the the Norman High guys come in, clinch that tournament, really strong performance, and I think it clicked with a lot of our guys. It's like, okay – Next year, rolling into it, we're really going to hunker down. We're going to focus on our work. We're going to head down blinders on, as, as Rainer used to always say. And so I, I think we're going to get back to the 2022 form, uh, which, by the way, how amazing is it that Norman North wins the first ever golf state championship for the city of Norman in 2022, and then right the year after, in 2023, Norman High comes in and follows it up. I mean, the state of golf in Norman, Oklahoma right now, it's the best it's ever been, and I, I'm here for it. Well, why is that? The, the people, right? The, the coaches involved, uh, yourself, Rainer, Grost, and, and the players. So you got to have good players. But what, from your perspective, being a part of this, what has changed? What has clicked at, at both? Um, I, I think it's the availability of golf and, and how good the golf is getting in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, you know, you've got, obviously, the Jimmy – uh, OU's golf course. It's a fantastic facility. Has a great, tremendous junior golf program. The trails has been a staple around here for years. It's a great thinking golf course. You have you can't just bomb and gouge that place. Uh, uh, Westwood is a super fun, very accessible. Uh, so as far as getting into the sport, it doesn't kill you cost wise. Uh, and then you know you have Belmar as well, which is an amazing track. And if anybody wants to travel down to Winter Creek, Winter Creek is a great test of golf. So what we're getting now is really good golf and access to really good golf for younger players to get into the game, similar to kind of what Edmund had and Tulsa had for generations prior to this. And because Norman has invested in the golf scene and uh, you know kind of the byproduct of COVID was every, everyone decided to get into golf you know, when there was nothing else to do, um, we, we were able to have a greater talent pool of junior golfers now getting into it. So I think Norman, it, talent level is coming up, and it's only going to get better. Well, Cap, I think you hit on something that's, that's really key here is 
for a town this size to have four really good golf course options, you know, and, and we're blessed here at the Rep to have, you know, partners as the Trails and Belmar and the Jimmy are all partners of ours, as is Westwood, you know, to have all those be partners with us. So we're really involved in that. And and I think you know, part of the evolution I see, too, in golf is, you know, I'm an old. You obviously are not quite as old. But, but, there. but you're an alumni of North, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, is, you know, golf was kind of looked at when I was in high school. It's like, oh, you're a golfer. You know, you're not an athlete. That's not the case anymore. I mean, a lot of these these guys were good athletes in other sports when they were younger and then just chose to focus on golf, correct? Yeah, well, that was the, our green room conversation, right? Uh, I had two guys that I remember having them as my first year as an assistant. Uh, they were sophomores, and I remember telling their parents, man, if they find a gym and they develop their, their athleticism, they're going to be absolute monsters and – you know, that's what we're seeing is that the athleticism is there and it's not just a, a quote unquote nerd sport anymore. Right. It It is an ath- an athlete's game and you see it on the PGA Tour. You see it at the collegiate level. So I, I think that's where the game is headed and we're doing a good job locally when we develop our junior golfers into that same uh, mentality and, and, and mindset. Talking with Norman North, first year head golf coach, Mike Kaffenberger. Coach, uh, you don't have to lay out the full lineup card, one through five, this or that, but who uh, who's impressing across the top several bags for you and what competition and how competitive is it for you right now? Uh, the four through nine spot for us is a log jam uh, right now. And so from the coach standpoint, it's going to be really hard to round out our top five throughout the year. So we'll be qualifying often. Um, and it's, you know, it's super competitive, which is like we were talking about. That's what we want to see. We want to see a, an abundance of competitiveness and competition because that bleeds over in, into tournament play. Um, the top three guys that we have right now, Mac Moore, Josh Stewart, and Dax Rambo, um, they're playing the best golf that they've played um, in their careers, and they're furthering that, I mean, every, every day. In fact, right now, I, I got a, on my way here. Uh, Josh Stewart sent me a text. He's like, hey, I'm out at the Jimmy. Uh, we decided to make it an early night on a Friday and get up early and, and, and go to work. So, you know, we talk about culture in sports programs. That's the culture that we're building. And our senior leaders, those three guys, uh, Mac Moore, Josh Stewart, Dax Rambo, they're phenomenal leaders. And as a first-year coach, that is absolutely what I need uh, to kind of further the work that we've been doing. Yeah, the, I was telling you uh, off air that those guys were at the house playing basketball. I told them that, that uh, you would kill them if somebody got hurt. <laughs> yeah, if if we have a sprained pinky or anything like that, I'm gonna absolutely lose it. Uh, but I, but again, I, I I love that they're 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 embracing their athleticism and they're staying active. Um, the biggest thing with those guys is that they only have two speeds, right? It's sleep and then full throttle. So uh, I have to re- remind them when they're playing basketball, let's kind of peel back a little bit when we're not playing golf. And we have a whole season ahead of us, so let's stay healthy. Yeah, let's go rec speed on basketball. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like the, like the old man church league where, you know, hey, I don't, really don't want you defending <laughs> no. anybody when they go up for that layup. You know, let's just go ahead and do the Olay here. Just, play, play like it's the NBA All-Star game, right? Yes, exactly. We always called it uh, in our casual, you know, casual uh, – games with the boys you got to at least take a couple of steps put a hand up but uh, we don't need it any more uh, aggressive than that (laughs) coach uh, listening to you uh, a little bit ago 
sounds like the ending to last season at State was motivating for yeah. your group. How motivating was that? And then uh, as you survey sort of the lay of the land, if you will, in the state of Oklahoma 6A golf, how do you feel about maybe where your group, at least going in, stacks up? It's state championship or bust. That's, I mean, I, that's, as, that's as, as plainly as I can put it. Um, the expectation is excellent. That's it. And I think all of our guys, our team has bought into that. They believe in it. And I think you're going to see a return to 2022. That's the expectation, and that's the work that they're putting in. I'm very proud of our group. Um, and I love that we have six seniors this year that are, that are also training the upcoming freshmen and sophomores that are, that are seeing how excellence is achieved. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we have to play our own game. We can't get focused into what Edmund North, what Stillwater, what Norman High is doing. We need to take care of business with what we do. Uh, like Ryan Rayner used to always say, head down, blinders on, and we're going to continue that. We, we have a, uh, the mantra of being relentless, and we are going to be relentless. You're just going to have to play better than us. Which, by the way, thank you for the, the hats and the T-shirts. Yeah. You came in with uh, merch this morning, Brian. I know. Yeah, he, he, he tried to give me a medium. Boy, <laughs> there are a lot of jokes could go there. <laughs> You, you and me who, both. That, who, that's who's wearing the medium? Uh, it's not going to be me. Well, and and so speaking of the, the the swag, you know, you guys have always supported us. When fun, fundraising on a on a program like this is absolutely imperative, and so KREF, Brian, you guys have always supported us and helped out with the fundraising. So the least I could do is bring a little bit of swag as a thank you to you guys for continually supporting us, always being there. Without the donate the, the donations, uh, the fundraising effort in the community, you know we can't be we we're, we're not able to talk about how the game of golf in Norman is getting better. So the community is buying in; they're helping both Norman High and Norman North fundraise. And so, um, well, let's throw it out there right now, Calf. Yeah. How can somebody help Norman North uh, achieve what they? aspire to which we now know is state champion or bust and i love the fact that we're putting it out there and that sets the bar high well you have to manifest it right like you you have to put it out there uh and that is the expectation and if my guys were here they would say the exact same thing and that's that's what i love about it so uh we have a a venmo um that people can donate to and any little uh every bit helps every bit helps i don't care if it's a dollar i don't care if it's you know we we have a, a title sponsorship for our our uh, tournament that we're hosting this year called The Hunt. Uh, we've rebranded that to be something that's kind of a, a prestige-type tournament. We invite the top eight teams in the state. We do a medal play in the morning and uh, then seed the teams in the afternoon match play, similar to the NCAA championship format. That's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, like that's that's just kind of what the expectation is going forward, and we want the guys to get used to that. So uh, I, I believe it's – at NN Boys Golf is the uh, Venmo. I put him on the spot. I shouldn't have done that. That's, no, no, no. Rookie I, move I, on my part. Sorry I, about I, that. I, I definitely we, – we've contacted a lot of people. We're right in the middle of our fundraising effort. Um, I got a letter. You did. I did get a letter. Our boys that's, are doing what they're start. supposed to be doing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll figure out what the Venmo is, and we'll share the good word. As yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going ha- to have you on many more times. So you hit on something that let's let's go back to a little bit. Okay. What are the other – 
teams that you think are going to be really good this year? Is it the, or is it just the usual suspects? Oh, what a radio move! I know, wasn't it? What a total! You got to come prepared for this year. I Josh, I, right? I just said that I don't care about anybody else, and now he's going to make me talk. You know, I know you said you don't care. Hey, but they're going to line up and else? play against you, so you got to at least scout the competition. <laughs> the great thing about golf is I don't care what anyone else is doing. At the end of the day, I've got it. There's no defense in golf, right? So, um, but I, but I, you know, game recognized game. Uh, Edmund North reloaded, uh, of course, and they're going to be they're going to be good. Stillwater is going to be fantastic. Uh, Norman High lost a lot, but you know I, we're around them all, all the time, and they've have tremendous talent. And they've got returning state champion medalist, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Sebastian Salazar, yeah. and uh, they've got a kid Benson Diem, who is ridiculously good. Um, I love his work ethic. He he's a great kid. So we'll be rooting for our crosstown rivals, except during the clash that we're hey, going to absolutely is get it, them. Is it too soon to say the Joey McGuire? The road comes through Norman for the state championship, right? No, it's we got not the too two, soon. We got the two two defending state champions That's right, right here in town. To. Yeah, no, and and it's going to happen next year too. It's just just I love it. it yeah, yeah, the, the Joey McGuire. It's coming through Norman. <laughs> That's right. All roads through Norman. But you know the the Tulsa area schools. You have uh, Owasso, who's going to be pretty good. You'll have uh, Union Jinx. Um, I'm I'm missing probably a few others here too, but um, they're. There's just so much good golf here, so which is well, great. Bixby's got to be good, right? They're good at everything. Well, you know, now that now that high school collectives are are potentially being a, a thing of well, yeah, I won't <laughs> go there. With that. That's another story, isn't it? <laughs> that's a, that's a whole different segment on its own. Well, tell us, Coach. Uh, last question, and we'll we'll let you get back to your Saturday. Thank you so much for your time. The the schedule ahead for your group on the horizon here. We know we've got a crosstown clash a little ways down the road, but what does the the schedule ahead look like for you guys? Uh, season kicks off March 1st uh, in Logview, Texas. We're playing at an event called the Twisted 54. It's a really fun uh, and, and challenging tournament. Uh, so it'll be 36 holes at Wood Hollow Golf Course. Then we get to finish up the final 18 the last day at the Tempest, which is a great, uh, great test of, of golf. Uh, and then after that, we'll have a regional preview March 11th. And then we'll be hosting our, uh, our tournament, The Hunt, on March 26th, uh, and like I said, that's the the top eight teams in the, in the state. So, if you're in and around town, that's a great one to come out to. Now, where and where will that tournament be held at? Jimmy Austin at the Jimmy, Jimmy Austin okay. OU. All yeah, right. pretty nice. Yeah, uh, they're you know Tyler and his crew out there do a tremendous job supporting us, um, and we get we're so fortunate to have Belmar and Jimmy Austin support our own tournament every year. We get to rotate back and forth, so it never gets into one course. You know, we get to. Mix and, two, mix and match a little bit. And, and they're two, different style golf courses, which is great. Very different. And so it really you really get to see the full kind of envelope of what these junior golfers are capable of. And both are great tests um, for a junior golfer to, to, to navigate around. Yeah. Well, fantastic, Coach. We look forward to following your group. We'll track down that Venmo uh, before it's all said and done. I, I just got it. My, my faithful treasurer, who's fantastic, Robbie Moore, sent me one. It's at, at NN Boys Golf. No underscores or anything? No underscores or anything. All, all one. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and way to come through in the clutch, Robbie. Appreciate <laughs> it, bud. The treasure delivering. And Mac's been a personal friend of our family for a long time. I love that kid and uh, uh, root for him a lot. Yeah, he'll, he'll be uh, headed off to Arkansas Tech next year, too. So 
We have him going off to Arkansas Tech. He signed, and then Josh Stewart headed to the University of the Pacific. Nice. So and headed headed out west. Headed out west uh, to Northern California, where I originally grew up. Uh, so I we I get to kind of give a little bit of nuggets of wisdom on how to play Northern California golf because it's way different than Oklahoma. You need to tell these guys to go on a recruiting visit Hawaii. That's where we we all messed <laughs> and, up, right? And why would you coach. not take a visit to Hawaii? Yeah, yeah, yeah you invite coach your coach. Too, yeah, that's right. absolutely. <laughs> coach, hey, uh, we're so happy for for you guys and. The success recently for Norman North and best of luck this season. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys having us on. We'll take a timeout. The Gimme Zone rolls on next. <laughs> Back with you. It is the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Still time to dial us up if uh, you want to jump in here, talk anything in the world of golf. Bedlam basketball, we can talk about that before we uh, head out the door. How about that, though? Coach Kaffenberger and Norman North, uh, it's no rebuild, baby. It's reload, and let's go get after it. Hey, I love you just set the bar so high right off the bat, right? Just said, hey, it's winter or go home. Well, and it sounds like the team's bought in, and uh, collectively that is the aim, which, look, uh, you got a better chance of achieving that if you go in – you know, the, the first time they won it, you talk, uh, hey, let's win a state championship, and then you go and figure out how to make it happen, probably similar last year for Norman. But now each of these two programs, Norman North, Norman, they've, they've been there. They've done that as a program. So it's not, hey, let's believe, let's believe. It's, no, let's go accomplish it because it's a realistic goal. No, and it's super hard to win them even though – even when you have the best team, it's still really hard to win those. And, you know, he's got some horses, you know, with Mac and Dax and, and those guys at the top of the uh, of the heap for them. And, you know, in high school golf, you only count four scores, right, you know, in, right. in those tournaments. So all you need is, is one of those collection of five or six players that Coach is saying are all bundled up right there together with an opportunity to keep pushing each other and doing the old iron sharpens iron theory – you know, I, I look for him to be tough this year and really pull for him. I think it'd be cool to get two out of three, right, and keep that, keep that trophy right here in Norman. Rewinding a little bit uh, to the beginning of the hour, our conversation with Kelsey Klein, the uh, Live Golf event. Do you think this is a tasty leaderboard headed, uh-huh. uh, headed into this finale today? How good's the leaderboard, right? I mean, a major championship would love to have this final group, right? I mean, you've got Bryson, DeChambeau, John, Rom, and DJ in the final pairing, right? How about Matthew Wolf, uh, right there, nine under par? His uh, 2023, I mean, look, it was topsy-turvy. It, it was rough. It was rough. I think he would be the first to tell you. You know, and he's a guy, we talked a little bit about Kelsey. He's super talented. And if he can just stay locked in, uh, he has the ability to play with anybody in the world. And it'll be interesting to see what he does in this in this round because he's just three shots back. He's got a chance, or maybe two shots back, excuse me. Um, he's got a chance, uh, you know, because I think there's a 60 out there, you know, to be had. if the you know Somebody get... goes out and plays a special round? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we didn't play the clip, but Bryson DeChambeau said he was disappointed in a 62. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 – you know, when have you ever heard a golfer say that? But but he did. He missed a couple of shots uh, coming in and missed a couple of putts. He had two lip out that looked like they were in the whole way, you know, coming in the last four, four or five holes. And so I, I understand. But so while we're on it, who you got? Uh, I'm going to take John Rahm to, to win his first. He's only a couple of strokes behind 
I think that uh, he finds a way to splash onto the live. But it will be made for television. Here was Dustin Johnson yesterday asked, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, well, and it wasn't finalized at the moment that he'd be playing with John Rahm as well. But his thoughts on DeChambeau? DJ, obviously you and Bryson will be in the uh, final group. I'm not sure who's going to be a third yet. Could be Rahm. Uh, is that what kind of live is about, is having those big names on a final day in a final group? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think any golf tournament, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, live. obviously there's a, there's a lot of really good players that are, that are a part of live, And, you know, I think each week you see the best players are always at the, you know, in the last groups, teeing off on Sunday. Which? Or Saturday, I guess, tomorrow. But. Which, he, yeah, he corrected. <laughs> Old habits die hard, right? It's good planning for them to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week because I'm just venturing to guess some of those guys probably will drift over and go take in the Super Bowl while they're there. I would imagine. So what do you think? Who do you have winning this thing? I'm taking Rom. Just to be different because I do think Rom's probably going to win, I'm going to take Bryson DeChambeau. I Finds like, a way to like finish it. I like the way he's swinging it right now. But, you know, let's not forget about the rule change for the final round where every score counts – and this team competition is going to be super tight. You've got two teams, the, the, the four aces and the range goats at 26, and the crushers at 24, and then Smash, which is uh, Taylor and Brooks, and those guys are at 23. Because of the rules change, I think you could see anybody all the way back to 15, 16 have a chance to win the team title because all it takes is one of your guys to lay a, lay a clunker and uh, your team goes backwards in a hurry. Or the flip side, a couple of low rounds and you, go, pretty. From, you go from, uh, you know, outhouse to penthouse, right? Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun to follow today. The Waste Management Phoenix Open. Scotty Scheffler is trying to win this thing three years in a row. Let's hear what he had to say yesterday. Obviously, still playing catch-up there, but what does uh, Scotty think about where his game is at? We'll hit on that on our way out the door. It's the Gimme Zone on the Ref. One final time, we are back with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on the Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard as we enjoy a moving day from the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And, uh, well, it is Scotty Scheffler, the man that's won this in back-to-back years. He's uh, right back in the thick of it. Four shots off the lead as we speak. Scotty, yesterday. Scotty, eight under through two rounds. How would you assess your play so far and how you feel about your position? Yeah, I feel good. You know, I feel like I'm playing a little bit better than my score, but, you know, I hit a lot of quality shots and some a lot of good putts this afternoon. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to the next couple of days. Is there any, like, shot that's in your mind that kind of bothered you that you'd like to have back, or do you feel pretty good about how you executed it all? I mean, I hit in the water down 17. Outside of that, I felt like I executed a lot of my shots really well. Um, you know, I probably was just a bit too far away from the hole to make too many birdies, but uh, bogey free is always good. And then he was asked uh, a little bit later, uh, do you feel like uh, you win this thing third time in a row? And he's, well, you know, I'm right there. So we'll see if he can get it done. Do you have a strong leaning how the waste management closes? Well, I hope they get it done for Super Bowl. That's my first, yeah, you and me first expectation. Um, I don't see Andrew Novak winning this tournament uh, in any capacity. Justin I, Thomas, by the way, right there at eight under par, yeah. too. I think uh, they're really hoping that JT and Cameron Young and uh, Scheffler go low today to build up the better leaderboard for tomorrow. 
to pique that interest uh, right before the Super Bowl. But I think they typically get great audience because everybody's watching that right up to the Super Bowl. Uh, I I think Scheffler's going to get done again. What about you? I do too. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It seems like this is just a track that, for whatever reason, it fits a lot of guys well, but he's uh, obviously made a habit of winning there. You know who's getting it done? Who's that? You are. Yes. Josh Helmer is getting it done. He goes from last night calling Norman North <laughs> to tell everybody where you'll be next Saturday, please. Well, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be at uh, Globe Life Field broadcasting uh, a little Oklahoma baseball. So, yes, congratulations to our own very Josh Helmer. He will be filling in for Toby whenever Toby still has his uh, basketball obligations, and so that's a great uh, honor for uh, Josh and for our station, and and super proud of you back. Thanks, man. And uh, Casey obviously had some really nice words at the Norman North first pitch dinner. I appreciated that. I'm very excited about it. The uh, way out the door comments here. What do we think? Bedlam tonight. It should be a great tribute for Toby. And let's hope the Sooners pick up a win they need. Yeah, they should get the dub tonight. I, they're, they're clearly the better team. I think they'd have to play really poorly to not get it done. And I think the crowd's going to, you know, even if it is a tight game, the crowd will push it over the top. Can't can't wait to be there. I'll be there. And, you know, the other thing, stay tuned in. 1 o'clock today, OU softball right here on the ref. Man, what a what a win that was last night. Brian, have a great weekend, my friend. You too. I just want to hear Plank's final call. You know, I can't <laughs> wait for that. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm, I, I could, I'm too old to stay up late last night. <laughs> but I got to hear it. Yeah, it, it, it'll be great. We'll get to hear that, I'm sure, next week. That's going to do it for us. Everybody, have a wonderful weekend. So long. Enjoy the Super Bowl.